chapter 1 and verse 1. It reads like this. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And everybody said, praise the Lord. I want to try to minister this morning on the beginning of the gospel in your heart. You may be seated. Genesis 1 and 1 said in the beginning God notice it didn't say gods or spirits or persons or anything pluralistic whatsoever singular God one God in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth it was the beginning of a whole new world as God's spirit began to move upon the darkness face of the deep. The scripture teaches that God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1 continues to tell you about the creation of this whole new world, the beginning of the creation of this whole new world. Because this world that God was looking at, this planet, 
the scripture teaches it was in chaos, total chaos. Everything was uh, a big rumbling, bubbling cauldron of a mess, helter-skelter, chaotic, without form. It had no definition. There was no shaping lines or any kind of thing that was there that gave it some type of definition. There was no real purpose there, seemingly. But when God began to work in the beginning, God began to work. And His work, His Word, His speaking it out, speaking it forth, began to put form and definition, begin to give purpose. And of course, the giving of light swept away the darkness. And the Scripture also teaches that as he looked at this beginnings of earth and this whole new world, that he began to separate. The Bible teaches he separated the waters from the earth, from the dirt, if you please, from the terra firma, from the ground. He began to make a separation there. There were things that God did as you read Genesis. That he did in his beginning creative act here to make a whole new world. There are many shadows and types or many previews that are found throughout the Old Testament. Things that were a foreshowing of what was to come. Maybe you have read in the scriptures or heard from the scriptures how that there were times when people disciples will say in the New Testament that they didn't understand what was going on. They were completely unaware. For an example, one day there were people who came and they began to question the Son of God. They began to question the flesh, the man, Christ Jesus, the Lamb of the Spirit. They began to question Him. And they said, show us a sign that we may know that you are the Christ. And you're not just an also-ran or another one. And How are we to know? We need, we need something here. And so Jesus told them, he said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it up. And oh, they begin, what do you mean? Because in their natural minds and their natural way of thinking, they completely, it was like an airplane going overhead three million miles above them. It just went right over their head. They did not get the sense or the meaning of what he was talking about. Their preconceptions, their con ideas that were in concrete already in their mind blinded them to what he was saying. And they began to think of the natural building that they had so much pride in. And they began to Say, well, it took us and our forefathers 40 and 6 years to build this building. I hope to beat that record. 40 and 6 years, they said, it took our folks to build this building. And you tell us that you're going to, if it's destroyed, you're going to raise it up in three days. And they, they just begin to mock and they disbelieved him and they just mumbled and grumbled and murmured and complained and and, and argued among themselves that surely he is not the Christ. He's not the very Christ. This is not the right thing. 
I had a man say to me on the phone the other night, he said, I've never heard of such a thing. Well, that doesn't mean it's not real and it's not right, just because you never heard of it. And so the Bible teaches that um, Jesus' disciples later on, talk about slow learners, later on, down the road, time had passed, lots of time, and they remembered after Jesus had risen again from the dead, what he had said to them. And this he spake of his body, his temple of his body. He said, you destroy this temple. And he said, in three days, I'll raise it up. And that's exactly what he did. The spirit on the cross withdrew from that flesh and left that temple, left it there destroyed left it there lifeless and breathless, beaten to a bloody pulp. And but three days later, that same one spirit re-entered that body and raised it up and glorified it. And he did just what he said he would do. He said, I have no man, he said, takes my life from me. He said, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to raise it back up again. He knew what was in him. He knew that in that shell, in that body, dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. He knew that he did not have the Spirit by measure and that he was not limited for he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. You're not fooling with an also ran. You're not fooling with somebody just out there flapping their gums. I am the very Christ and blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, because the Spirit hath revealed unto you just exactly who I am. I'm not a second I'm not a third. I'm not a tenth. I am that I am. I am the very one. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning and I am the ending. I am your savior and your redeemer. And there is no other. There is no other. So you better quit looking for another. Better stop trusting in other things. So the scripture teaches very plainly. That Mark said the beginning of the gospel. The beginning of the good news for you. You have to bring it down to you individually. Yes, it's the beginning of the good news for the whole world. For every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every country, every language, every race, every continent. There's no place that you could go but what the word of the Lord is going to get there. You hear me when I tell you, when this gospel, he said the beginning of the gospel, when this gospel, that Paul said, there is not another. He said, if any man or any even an angel come and preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. John, the revelator, called it the everlasting gospel. This is not fly by night. This is not something that's short term. This is not something that's a four floor flusher. This is the real, the genuine. This will truly make you free. This will truly take the shackles off of the prison and your wrists and your legs and your mind, your heart, most especially. He's going to show you the truth 
of the scriptures. He's got to begin the gospel in your life and create a whole new world for you. He wants to do that. He wants this gospel to bring the light to you and get rid of all that darkness. Isn't that what uh, it was written of him, that the people, the fulfilling of it, the people that sat in darkness, that they saw great light. He came through there, light began to spring up. The Bible even talked about light being sown like a seed. Isn't that marvelous? You want to believe the Word of God. You don't want to doubt it. You don't want to argue with it. Find yourself in a quarrel. You know, I one time had a, years ago, had a rather um, contrary, puffed up inspector when we were opening a new work and he wanted to give us a hard time. And finally he told me, he said, he said, Reverend, he said, you need to fight a battle that you can win. Well, you know what? God gave me the victory in that battle. I didn't talk back to him. I wasn't ugly to him. I simply tried to show the right spirit. You know, God will test your spirit in situations. And, and I just tried to have the right spirit and just appealed to my heavenly father. And he took care of it. And uh, it, it even went so far that Mr. Inspector lost his job. You know, I didn't pray for that. I didn't ask for that. But, you know, you rile up my father and look out. You just don't know what might happen. And he is a good God, and he does love everybody. But he, he does do things decently and in order. And he doesn't like his children knocked around. He doesn't put up with a whole lot of that unless he appoints his child to that. And so what I am saying to you, though, is that there is a beginning of this gospel. There is a beginning of this good word of God in your heart, to be sown in your heart. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. And everybody said hallelujah. The Bible teaches that the seed, the word is the seed, and the seed is the word, and that people are begotten by that word, by that seed. It's a certified seed. It's, it's, it's certified by God. It's sponsored by His Spirit. It is not something of man, but it is something of the Spirit. The enemy would not like for you, he does not like for you, to come out of darkness into marvelous light. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 said, In whom the God, that's small g, God, lowercase g, don't get much lower than that, in whom the God of this world, that's the devil, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of the Spirit. You ever read in your Bible in Hebrews 1 and 3 that he is the express image of his person. Singular, person. God is not persons. God is a person. He has a personality. And when he chose to come in the flesh, for your Bible said that the word that was God was made flesh. Your Bible said, 1 Timothy 3.16, he said, don't even bother arguing without controversy. He said, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the fire. That means he was shown clearly, and he demonstrated. He gave you a demonstration. God was manifest, Bible word, manifest in the flesh. 
He was justified in the spirit. That means that's why he was able to do all the things that he did. That's why that flesh, that son, that lamb that came from Mary because the word was spoken by the one true spirit. And she brought forth the flesh, the son, the lamb that was created after the nature of Abraham, a little lower than the angels, the scripture said. You need to read your Bible, and you need to believe your Bible. And then you'll know how to deal with all these people that come around with all these different man-made ideas, and ideologies, and all this commentary and theory, and get you all confused and mixed up. It's nice when you're able to tell them first crack out of the box, I have the gospel of Jesus Christ. I do believe the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is, I do believe it because I have repented. I've died to my sin. I have been buried. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water. And I believe in that burial. And I have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that makes, makes me a believer in His resurrecting spirit. Death barrel, resurrection, the good news, the gospel. The enemy, he, doesn't, he wants to blind your mind to that. He wants to blind your mind. I heard a, a man, one of our, some of our young people one time met this man. He's an international singer, meaning he sings all over the world. And uh, he, he asked him if they were where they were at to go to his concert and they said no no we're here for a youth conference uh, we're apostolic Pentecostal people and he said oh he said you're those Jesus only people now you see we're not Jesus only get it straight we're Jesus everything we are Jesus everything and we don't we're not humiliated by that we're not ashamed about that we are thankful about that we are happy about that because neither is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus Christ. That name is above every name. That name is the family name. If you want to know the name of the Father, you better say Jesus. If you want to know the name of the Son, you better say Jesus. If you want to know the name of the Holy Ghost, you better say Jesus. And the Bible said these three are one. There's one God that manifests himself as Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in the believer's heart in the church. One God. One God. I can be a father, a son, and a senior pastor. I'm quite sure God can be a whole lot of things. He wears all the hats. And he was kind enough one day to reveal his name. Sent a special messenger. Said, bring him my name. Been lots of titles. Been lots of things I've given in the Old Testament as shadows and types, forerunners. But now I'm going to give them my name above every name. I'm going to give them the family name. I'm going to make it possible for them to become a part of my family, making them heirs and joint heirs. Oh, yes. And so we want this. We don't want the enemy to blind our mind. 
we, we don't want to miss what he's saying here. We want to get on the same, same thought length wave, if you please. We, we want to think like he's thinking. We want to, when he's talking, we want to be following what he's saying. We don't want to, you know, just find ourselves in the darkness here. We don't want to find ourselves in our minds in darkness, and we, we don't know what's going on. There's no reason for that. There's no excuse for that. You can have the truth of the Scriptures. Not just the Scriptures, but the truth of the Scriptures. It's not enough to have the safe and to have the little spinning dial and the little handle. you got to have the combination to get in that vault and get the goodies that are in there, the valuables that are in there. And let me tell you, Jesus put his valuables in the church. And you got to get the right combination of the Scriptures to get to what's in the church. you got to allow God to remove by your hunger for righteousness. Remove the blindness and the darkness. In whom the God, lowercase g again, of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. People who aren't believing the book are people who are blinded. They believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He wants this to shine in your heart. He wants to, your heart is, is your mind now. It is not this pump down here. We're not talking, once again, don't miss it. We're not talking natural here. The natural things, uh, the natural-minded person cannot receive the spiritual things of God. That's why the disciples thought one day he was talking about bread when he was talking about false doctrine. And he got so upset with them. It's like, what planet are you on? Where's your mind at? What are you thinking about? Don't you understand what I'm saying? Can't you understand my speech? And they didn't, they didn't get it. But thank God, later on down the road, the light bulb went on. You know, well, it took Edison over a 1,000 shots at it. But each time he got closer. So you're here. You keep on keeping on. And you ask God to open your understanding to his word. And allow him to open your understanding that you might understand his word so that you can believe on him as the scripture hath said. And believe me, the scripture is saying it loud and clear. One scripture does not contradict another scripture. The only contradiction is in carnal, natural minds. That's where the problem is at. There's no problem in God's word. I had a girl one time tell me, worked at the paper when it was here, the Belglade Herald. Yeah, I've been here a while. And she said, she said, uh, she said the potato chip man took over that building, you know. And, uh, but back then it was the Belglade Herald, and, and, and she was working there. And one day I was there doing, getting an ad or something for the church, and I got to witness it to her. And she said, she said, well, there's contradictions in the Bible. I said, really? Name one. And she said, well, uh, the, the, you got the genealogy in Matthew and the genealogy in Luke. They're different. I said, yeah, they're different. I said, because you're talking about two different sides of the family. Of course they're different. Why would they be the same, the two different sides of the tree here? You know, you just need to learn about God's Word here and do it with an honest heart. You shouldn't be looking for a way out. You should be looking for a way in. Not looking to be an unbeliever. I'm looking to be a believer. I'm not looking to be empty here. I want to be filled with God's Spirit. I want to be washed in His blood. This beginning of the Gospel, let me begin to believe on His death. I do that by repenting. He died for sin. You die 
to your sin. And then let me believe on his burial. Because the Bible then says that if I'll be baptized, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So if I get baptized in water, there's a tank right back here, in water, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches it's, a, it's for the forgiveness or the full pardon of my sins that I've just repented of. And it also teaches that it's a burial. Romans chapter 6 taught the church, looking back, people who had already gotten baptized properly after they repented, everything updated. Lots of people, I have a young lady sitting right over here, she asked a couple of weeks ago, she said, I was, as a child, she said, I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. She said, but, uh, I said, well, you must be at least 21. She said, oh, Lord, she said, I'm older than that. Well, you know, you got to, you know, get to people's hearts, right? <laughs> Kidding. Don't, don't criticize a woman's shoes and don't ask her what her age is. Okay. So uh, shoes are us, right, ladies? Okay. Never can have too many shoes. That's why we get the little babies when they're born. Sometimes we get them a little piggy bank. It's their shoe fund. Get them started right away, you know. Anyway, she said, well, I, I, don't, I was wondering if I need to be rebaptized. And I said, well, you know, when that many years go by and you know you weren't living for God, I said, then, yes, you should be rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It is for the remission of your sins. It's good to let this get a beginning going here and a refreshing of your beginning if necessary. But you, you, you want to make sure that you're doing what the Word says. You, you want this thing updated. You don't want something old and moldy and crusty and stale. You don't want that. Come on, you want this thing. What did David say? Anoint me with fresh oil. Okay, the manna, the type of the Word of God was to be collected early in the morning when it was fresh. You weren't allowed to even store it up. You couldn't put it in the freezer if you had one. You couldn't put it in any place like that because it would get moldy and it would get wormy and you don't want that. Don't even think about that image right now at 12, 1130 in the morning. That's a nasty thing, all them worms and mold. You don't want that. You want this fresh. You hear me? You want it fresh. You want your experience fresh. That way you get that flesh under subjection. That way you don't get cantankerous and you don't get con and you don't get all filled with deeds of the flesh. You want this thing fresh and updated. Everybody said, praise the Lord. And so you come to that place that you believe on his burial. You get baptized. You get buried with him in his name. I told you about this guy, and he said that we were Jesus only. Well, you see, that was his little way of kind of labeling you, putting you on a shelf, and I don't have to deal with it anymore. I can live in denial. But I hear this same guy singing about that's the only name that we can be saved in. Singing that song. That's the only name that we can be saved in. And how I've come to praise your name. How come he don't say their name? Because, see, he believes in three. I, I, I seem to find a little contradiction there. But you know, we're just, we're just talking about everything he sings, all these different songs. Pray, I just love to praise the name of the Lord. Just singing it. Woo, and he sings good. I'll give him that. He sings good. But he's just an entertainer because he doesn't have the name. 
He's not an heir. He's not a joint heir because he stubbornly refuses. And the Bible called it willingly ignorant. I don't want the knowledge. I'm comfortable in the darkness. That's a dangerous thing to be comfortable in the darkness because people love darkness rather than light because the Bible said their deeds are evil. Makes you wonder what's going on there between those ears. Makes you wonder what's going on in somebody's life when they are comfortable to stay in the darkness. Don't tell me anything about the world. Don't update me. Don't fine tune it. Don't don't give to me the word of God uh, to where it's expounded unto me more completely. Don't do that. That tells me something's wrong. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. You want God's word. You want to be led out of darkness. Here's a fellow in the Bible by the name of Apollos. And that man, that man was... uh, very eloquent in the scripture. Means he was well versed. We're talking Old Testament now. Genesis through Malachi. He had he had it. He had it, friend. He 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 knew the scriptures about the Christ. He had the subject matter on it, and he was telling people. And out in that crowd one day stood two Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name people. A husband and a wife, Aquila and Priscilla. And there they they were, and they heard him, and they said, Hey, you know, he's got he's got something there up to a point. Let's see if we can talk to him. Let's see if we can show unto him the way of God more completely. And they took him aside. They didn't embarrass him. They didn't stand up and contradict him or say you're, you, what you got is good, but you're, you're only, go, only gone so far with it. They didn't do anything. They just took him aside. And they, they expounded the way of God unto him more completely. And uh, the Bible teaches that he, he believed it. And he, he, he welcomed it. You know, if your spirit is right, you're going to welcome the chapter and verse in subject matter if your spirit is right. If, if, you're, if you're going to get your human spirit under subjection to where that inner part of you, that inner man, inner woman is going to be able to come to the forefront, that's what's hungers and thirsts after truth and righteousness. It connects with the Word of God. And I'm telling you, that light will flash in your mind and shine right through your face. And everybody will be present there will know that you just saw the truth. You got a glimpse of it. Now what you going to do about it? You know what you need to do about it. You say, I believe in this name. I pray over my food in his name. I pray for healing in his name. I, I pray for blessings in his name. Well, how about getting baptized in his name that you get your dirt taken care of? That the power of his name, the blood that's in his name. Get rid of all of your sins. The Bible said he'll put them as far apart as east is from the west and that he will remember them no more. Isn't that wonderful? not going to be calling up your former dirt. You're going to say that's gone. We've taken care of that. And we're going to teach you how to keep that updated, keep it fresh every day of your life from here until. I had a woman tell me the other day, came here with her husband for counsel. They don't come to this church. And uh, they don't know the truth. And I'm trying to get them into Bible study to teach them the truth. But they have some problems. And, and they came and uh, told me she said I'm going to make heaven she said I'm going to make it well you know what if, if you're that determined then all you've got to do is focus that determination on I'm going to obey the truth I'm going to believe the truth of the scriptures I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of his name I'm not going to let anybody throw up family or friends or tradition or anything else I'm going to believe the word of God And you want to believe that word 
and to, for people to claim to sing about his name and to claim that they believe in his name and then to refuse to be baptized in his name is a huge contradiction. And all I can say is that somebody that can sing or speak so well about him and his name and refuse to be baptized in his name only convinces me the more of how the lowercase g, the devil of this world, can blind a mind. He can blind you through pride. He can blind you through tradition. He can, he can blind you through theory. He can blind you through uh, uh, a misplaced loyalty to people instead of to him. There are so many tricks. But the Bible teaches that you can get in this thing in his church through this born-again experience, born again of water, baptized in the name of Jesus in water, and born again of the Spirit, filled with the gift of his Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, that's going to be with you day in and day out, 24-7. You don't see the body of the man Christ Jesus walking around here. No, you don't. Because when he rose again from the dead, that body was glorified and was caught up into the heavens. And they stood there and looked and said, Hey, hey woo, where are you going? Don't leave us. And, he had, and then they, again, slow thinking, they remembered, Oh, remember he said, Where he's going, we can't go now. But he said that he would not leave us coverless, but that he would send back the Holy Ghost. That's why he died on the cross, to purchase the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he might give you that gift and make you his son or his daughter and put you in his church, the body of Christ. He would do that for you. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You can remain standing. You can remain standing. You can remain standing. Let the beginning seeds, the word of God, that will not return void but will accomplish that which God sends it to do. It will prosper in that which pleases Him. It will not return void. Let that seed, the beginning, let the gospel begin to get, get a beginning in you. Now if you've, if you've had your way of somehow saying, I believe in, in, in Jesus, you know, that's, hey, great. We're not here to rub that out. We're here to give something to you more completely. We're here to bring you a little further along. We're here to show you. There was a man, uh, he was world, in the world, he was a world-acclaimed evangelist. And he'd go all over the world and get people to make a decision for Christ. And our preachers talked to him, and he saw it. And he said, well, he said, um, he said you know, I'm like John the Baptizer. That was his rationalization. The mind is very quick to rationalize things. And he said, I'm like John the Baptizer. He said, I'm paving the way for you guys. When I get done, then you come in. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked him one time, they said, what is the difference between one God and Trinity? And he said, well, one God you can explain by the Scriptures. And he said, Trinity, you can't. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's a confusion. It's a confusion because it came from men that left truth and went to Rome and got together and started their own religion hand in glove with the government of that time, the ruling power of that time at Rome, the emperor. And that's how that came about. And they distinctly did it to fight against the truth of the Scriptures. Because the Bible said the spirit that was driving them, he doesn't want you to see it. He wants you blind. He does not want you to see it. Hear me. You do not have to be blind in your mind. You can have this truth. You can believe this message. 
you can be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and have a happiness and a joy that is beyond your natural comprehension. It is a spiritual experience, and you want to believe it. You want to get your mind on the Word of God and say, if there it is, it says it, I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing that because I want to make it. I want to spend eternity with Him. I want to be with Him in heaven. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Let the beginnings of the gospel make a whole new world for you. A whole new world. Where God looks at it just as He did in Genesis and said, it is good. This is good. Let me tell you, when you get repentant of your sins, God's saying this is good. The Bible said the angels rejoice. Have great joy in heaven when one comes and repents. Really sorry for what they've done and how they've lived and want to get away from it, stop it, and not do that anymore. You got a change in their pattern of their lifestyle. And then he said that, uh, you know, they, the next step is we're going to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's what Jesus did. He got baptized. He gave you an example. And you do that. And your world is going to brighten up. And God's going to say it's good. And then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And believe me, that is God absolutely doing what only He can do in your life. You can repent. We can baptize you in water. But only God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. We'll lay hands on you like the Bible teaches. We'll pray for you like the Bible teaches. But it's going to come down to you getting that heart right under the fountain where the glory of God is coming out and saying, I want this more than I want anything else. You can do this. Let the beginnings of the gospel begin a good work that God said he'll complete it to the end. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands. Simple thing for you to do this morning. Begin as you lift your hands to repent. And even if you feel like you've already done it, we'll just do it again. Lord, I am so sorry. I want to I get all the mess and dirt and junk out of my heart because it's all coming from the heart. I want you to get it all out of there, God. And I want to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon of all of my sins. You're the governor, Jesus. I want you to sign that full pardon for me. I want you to wipe my record clean that there'll be nothing against me anymore. And then, Lord, I want to believe you and thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost that you'll send forth your spirit as I'm believing in my heart. You send forth your spirit into my heart and I'll begin to confess with my mouth as you speak through me and give me the Holy Ghost and the utterance to praise you as you would have me praise you. Oh, Lord, it is not hard. Oh, Lord, it is not hard. The only thing that makes it hard is my unbelief. One man said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Help me to get over this hurdle. Help me to get past the obstacle that's in my way. Come on, we're singing, we're worshiping. I'm going to invite everybody to the front, all the men over here, all the women over here. Now. All you got to do is give him your arm. Put your arm out. Let him take your arm. Take room in the middle, ladies. Gotta move over. Keep on coming. Thank God for every one of you that's here. 
you, Jesus. Me. 